Hello everyone, welcome to a You Like That Extra Extra, um, just a little bonus video and uh, audio for your episode, why didn't I just say episode, for your Wednesday afternoon. My name is Jack, I am one half of You Like That Extra Extra, I am the only half of You Like That Extra Extra, this will be the only You Like That Extra Extra, because i got nothing better to do. I want to finally talk about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. Um, constantly brought up on the show, uh, you know, uh, jokingly, I defend this movie and I say it's the best movie ever made and there's some good stuff in it. Obviously, that's a joke. Um, even I can't defend Spider-Man 3. Sam Raimi, 2007. What a time this was. I was but a young boy. I was in the ninth grade when this movie came out. <clears throat> and, you know, at that age, you... You figured it out, right? Like when you're a kid, you you just like everything you watch, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is like Spy Kids 3D." Oh my god, this movie's so good. It's the best movie I've ever seen. You come to school the next day and you just talk about it all the time. But you nine, you know, you, you've got it figured out, and you know what you like. Um, I knew I liked Spider Man. I knew Spider Man Two was my favorite movie ever. Um, I had slipped, slipped. It sounds like it's a crime. Uh, I I moved towards horror at this stage. Um, Freddy vs. Jason was probably my favourite movie of all time at this point. What a banger. We've got to talk about Freddy vs. Jason uh, at least once before I leave the show because that movie fucking rocks. I remember seeing this at a sold-out cinema and, you know, the, the hype for this movie was fucking huge and I was right down the front. We were front row to the left. So, like, the worst possible seating position in a cinema looking fucking directly up for two and a half hours, it's brutal, and I remember walking out, I think I saw it with my brother and some friends, and I remember walking out, and we were all just kind of like, that wasn't good, that was not a good movie, and we never really spoke about it again, um, I've seen the first two Spider-Man films, honestly, probably more than 30 times each, and I'm not exaggerating, uh, when I was a kid, they were comfort movies, you know, I would just watch them again and again, as I grew up, I would watch them two or three times a year, uh, especially Spider-Man 2. I've seen that way more than the first one. Um, I'm just going to quickly close that door because these fucking birds... I've got to hope I move out this weekend. Fuck me, these fucking birds. But yeah, Spider-Man. I fucking love Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2, obviously the best comic book movie of all time. Um, oh god, that's going to sound awful when I sat back down. I'm so sorry. Spider-Man 2, obviously the best comic book film of all time. Um, just the best villain, the best action sequences, it looks incredible. Um, what, what can you say about Spider-Man 2? It's just genuinely the best of all time. So the hype for this movie is huge. The trailer came out, you see Black Suit Spider-Man, you hear Venom's going to be in it. You're like, oh my god, oh my god, this is going to be monumental, it's going to be huge. You know, Sony, Sony really, really pushed for bigger, even Sam Raimi was like, yeah, we've got to go bigger, it's got to be better than Spider-Man 2. Therein lies your problem. Spider-Man 2 had a budget of 250 million USD. 250 million. That's Shang-Chi money today in 2005. They started this movie in 2005. Straight after Spider-Man 2. It took over two years to make for some reason. But the box office raked in 894.9 million US dollars, which is... Just crazy at the time too like fuck me i know it's not that long ago it kind of is though like it's the end of 2021 like 2007 was a long time ago man we're old i'm sorry we're old 
63% in the critics, 51% in the audience. Nobody likes this movie. Like, just straight up, no one likes it. Raimi memes and stuff, you know, we're... Aside from the jokes and stuff, you, you occasionally get some actual talk about the Raimi trilogy and nobody can defend it. Nobody, there's nothing to defend. Like, even when I joke about liking it, I'm like, oh, there's some good stuff in there. There genuinely is not. There, there's, I quite like the fight scene in the mansion between Harry and Toby, Peter. <laughs> I'm going to call him Toby so often. The, the, yeah, the fight between Harry and Peter, it's really visceral, it's really well directed, it's just them two, it's not a big CGI schlock fest until the end of the fight, but that's kind of it, everything else is just baffling, like all of the choices, there's no direction at all, because we'll get to it in a bit, there were so many fucking fingers in this pie where there's not, Spider-Man 2 and 1, I don't know why I said it like that, they're, they're both oozing with Sam Raimi just you can tell straight away it's Raimi and there's just so many little tropes and nods to early work and horror and stuff like that but this one this is it's so glossy and sheened it just doesn't you can't tell Sam Raimi directed it at all and you have to wonder whether whether he fucking did or not or did Avi Arad do it Avi Arad uh, the worst movie villain of all time up until uh, whoever runs Warner Brothers, fuck you, Warner Brothers. Starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, Topher Grace, J.K. Simmons, Thomas Hayden Church, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Willem Dafoe's voice. That, that's a stacked cast, man. There are so many people in this, and that's a problem as well. <laughs> Too many people, one would argue. Plot, as Peter Parker's life finally seems to be falling into place, a mysterious alien symbiote bonds with him and alters him greatly. Facing about 38 villains... Peter must find the line between good and evil, save New York, and mend his relationship with Mary Jane Watson. This took me, you know, watching this again, this took me three tries to finish. It's only two and a half hours long. Well, I say only. That's a long movie. But last night I started it and I was like, oh God, this is not good. And then I watched a bit this morning and I was like, oh God, okay. So I went and did some washing or something and then came back. Still didn't really watch the end. I just kind of fast forwarded through. I've seen it enough times. It's just awful. This movie is just awful. It's stunningly awful. I mean, every choice made doesn't feel like a choice. It feels like this movie was made by accident. Like, if it was just wrapping up the goblin arc, wrapping up Peter and Harry's fractured relationship, Harry... You know, becoming a villain, following in his dad's footsteps. That's great. That would have been a great movie. And yes, you know, you would have been a little bit disappointed because you're like, oh, it's just another Goldman story. But there's so much more you could do with Harry and Peter's relationship. Put the Mary Jane shacking up with Harry plot in there as well. That would have been great. There's so much you could have done and just made it not a smaller movie. Well, a smaller movie than what it is, but not smaller than Spider-Man 2. You could you know, ramp up the action set pieces or whatever. But Sam Raimi wanted to do Sandman and he wanted to retcon Uncle Ben's murder, which is another straight... Like, why did you need to do that? Like, Spider-Man, in the first one, Spider-Man doesn't kill the guy who killed Uncle Ben, but he he kind of causes his death. And it's mentioned in this, you know, Mary Jane's like, oh, I won't judge you, and Aunt May mentions Spider-Man doesn't kill people, you know. 
And they, he's, she's right. He's, she's right. Spider-Man doesn't kill people. He's one of the very few Marvel characters who has that line. And he didn't kill the first guy. But it just doesn't matter because this one's just like, oh, someone else killed Uncle Ben. And also he's, uh, he's got sand particles in his body and he can be the Sandman. Sandman is... I don't know why they're bringing him back for No Way Home because he's not interesting. He, he's, his plot device of saving his sick daughter, sure, fine. It's, there's an emotional beat in that, cool. Um, some sympathy can be drawn out of it and you're like, well, he's a villain, but is he really a villain? Yes, he is. He's a villain. But when he's a big Sandman monster, it doesn't look particularly great. I guess he's sort of threatening. He can sort of... He can do whatever the scene needs him to do. Like, sometimes he can fly through New York as sand. Sometimes he can be a giant skyscraper-sized sand monster. And sometimes he just falls apart in wet, goopy mud. You know, you originally think Spider-Man... Symbiote Spider-Man kill. Oh, fuck, that's a whole other thing. Spider-Man <coughs> kills him by, like, drowning him in water and turning him into wet, goopy mud. And, of course, he comes back inexplicably. He's just fine to uh, help Venom at the end, which is another thing. And it's just not interesting. Like, who cares? Who cares? And Thomas Hayden Church... I'm probably going to call him Thomas Jane, so just forgive me. Thomas Hayden Church, his performance is not good. He just looks like... He just looks like he's always been caught wanking. Like his mouth's always a bit open and he's got those really wide eyes. And he's just like... You know, he's not... He's, the performance is not good. I'm sorry. And then at the end, he has his big emotional, hey, sorry I killed Uncle Ben, but I had to do it for my sick daughter. Peter's like, yeah, that's all right, mate. You're all right. Off you go. You're fine. And then in No Way Home, like, you know, Strange says they all die in their universes. He didn't die. That, that makes no sense at all. And then they fuck the, the Peter and Harry thing. You know, if you made this movie without Venom, without Sandman, maybe there would be redemption at the end and they would be friends again or, you know, Harry would kill himself like his dad or something and again, you're just doing the first movie again. So, you know, I, I'm not writing this movie. But it makes no sense why Harry just decides to like Peter again. He gets His butler says something nice to him. He's like, ah, you and Peter have always been friends. Don't fight over a girl or something, but there's a bit more to it than that. And, you know, Harry gets this big redemption and he's fine, which is just not interesting at all. Like, why do you got Why do you have to take villainry? Villainy. Villainry? Villainy. Villainry? Villainous characteristics away from villains. Why? Not every villain needs sympathy and redemption. Like, it's so... I guess that's a trope of comic books. I don't know. I don't read comic books. But it's bad. It's not interesting. You're just like, oh, well, the fight scene from earlier is less interesting now because it didn't matter. Spider-Man, uh, Peter was going to just kill Harry in cold blood and not care about it. And then he's fucking crying, doing the Toby cry dot JPEG meme at the end for nothing. Like, it, it's just, it just retcons it itself. It's just like spinning its wheels, retconning itself and undoing what it did before. There's so many plot points. So you got. Let's try and let's try and break it out. Let's try and count it all. If I can remember anything about this movie. So you got uh, uh, Peter and Mary Jane going gangbusters. They're going to get married. Sweet. Uh, Aunt May 
forgives. Well, she doesn't forgive, but she's just like, ah, you know, who are we to decide who lives and dies? Uncle Ben's dead, so what? Nothing will bring him back. Uh, you've got Rent. You've got Mr. Dikovich and his daughter. We're, we're counting that as another one. His daughter seems to be in love with Peter. Uh, God, you've got Harry becoming the goblin and then forgetting. We'll just leave that as one. And then forgetting, like, you know, he hits his head and forgets he's a goblin, forgets he hates Peter, forgets Peter killed his dad, but didn't kill his dad. Um, then you've got Gwen Stacy exists and is, like, flirty with Peter for no reason. You've got New York loves Spider-Man and throws him a big parade and gives him the key to the city because he saved Gwen Stacy in the, in the crane thing. We'll count that as one as well. Uh, you've got Eddie Brock. He's just there, uh, tr gunning for Peter's daily bugle job. Uh, you've got Peter being distant with Mary Jane again and missing stuff, and he's going to propose, but he kisses Gwen Stacy, and she's not into that. You've got Mary Jane and Harry having this relationship. You've got Harry remembering his goblin. This is 11. You've got Harry remembering his goblin and, you know, getting redemption for his father. Um, you've got, oh, we skipped over all the Sandman stuff. You've got uh, Larry Flint, Harry Flint, Flint Boyle, Flint Doyle, Flint Marco. What the fuck's his name? Sandman. You've got Sandman escaping from prison, getting caught in the particle thing, um, meeting his daughter, not meeting his daughter. He knows who she is, but, you know, having that moment with his daughter. That's 12. Um, what else we got? We got, um, um, God, what else happens? Fuck, I don't remember. Anyway, and then the symbiote stuff happens, right? Sam Raimi did not want any of this symbiote stuff. He didn't want Venom. He didn't want an extra plot line because there's so much you have to do with a symbiote because it, it drastically changes Peter and Spider-Man so much. You need a whole movie. We've been talking about it with the Venom movies. Like, you, you can't just jump straight into Venom and Spider-Man. You have to establish... Eddie Brock's relationship with the symbiote, Spider-Man's relationship with the symbiote, Peter Parker and Eddie Brock's relationship. You know, there's just so much you have to do, and you can't do it in a movie where you've also got Sandman, Goblin, Mary Jane breaking up with him, Gwen Stacy. You can't do that. But Avi Arad was having none of that, and he was like, no, the fans want Venom. The fans are demanding Venom. You know, Sam Raimi chose the villains for the last two movies. He chose the villain for this one, and he had already chosen the villain for the next one. This one was going to heavily set up Vulture uh, at the end. Not he heavily is a stretch, but it was really going to imply, imply that Spider-Man 4 was happening, Vulture's in it. <clears throat> Great. Aviarad Sony came in and said, you can't choose the villains. They're all weird. Nobody knows who they are. You have to do a big name. You have to do Venom. We'll put someone, we'll write, send someone else out to write that part of the script. Ultimately, it came back down to the Raimi brothers who wrote that but they weren't passionate about it they weren't happy about it and they just railroaded it in so the symbiote comes down from space crashes latches onto peter um you know it, it bonds with peter because he's going through all these changes and aggression and whatnot amplifies all of that it turns spider-man into a into a killer ruthless unstoppable killer with no sympathy or redemption to be had at all a lot of redemption in this movie. I'm going to say that word a lot. I'm sorry. And it turns Peter into a fucking jerk, an arsehole. Combs his hair over. Starts wearing suits. He's like you know, 
dissing on Mary Jane with flaunting Gwen Stacy in front of her, just being a prick to Harry, just being a prick in general. Finally, he gets wind of it, and he's like, ah, I don't want this anymore, so he rips it off him. Decides, you know, it's going to go too far. It's going to lose control. So he rips it off him, goes down, bonds with Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock, oh my God. Where, fuck, where do we start with Topher Grace? Topher Grace is Eddie Brock. Topher Grace left that 70s show to be in Hollywood. And it didn't work out. He didn't do much. He did this movie. This is going to be a launch pad for his movie career. But he is bad in this movie. He is shockingly bad. I love Topher Grace. I love him as an actor. I love him as a human being. I love his comedy, like his comedy chops. And they try to do a bit of that in this. He's like a quirky comedy guy, but he's also just a little weasel, a little runt. And it's not good. It's not a good performance. It's not good writing. It's not a good character. You just don't give a fuck about him at all. And when he becomes Venom... You know, you only see Venom's face maybe three times. Like, it feels like they couldn't land on a design because they just don't show him much. Like, it, it, all the symbiote goes back and it's just Topher Grace's face. Cracking wires and making little jokes and sexual innuendos and also, like, trying not to cry at all times. It's just like, what the fuck is this? What's going on? Peter humiliates him at the bugle and that's enough motivation to want to kill Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Great, fine, whatever. Do it better. Do it in its own movie. It's not good. I don't know if they changed... I just stopped counting the plot threads, I'm sorry. But there's, like, genuinely, it could go up to 20. There's so many fucking plot points. And, you know, it's told in sequence... As far as editing and story-wise, it does go along chronologically. You can follow it. There's just so much to follow, and it's not all particularly necessary at all. You could have chopped... If you chopped all the symbiote stuff out of this, you would... Honestly, A, you would have a completely different movie. You would have a shorter movie, but it would be more... I don't want to say coherent, because it is a coherent movie. But it would just be less messy, just like... If you're moving house, like, you know, and you've got a whole room that you don't use, but it's completely furnished, so you have to bring all that furniture with you when you move. That's the symbiote. That room is the symbiote story in this movie. It's just like, oh, God, it's all this weight we have to carry, and we have to finish, and we have to set it up in the new house. Like, oh, God, it's a nightmare. It's an actual nightmare. I'm fine with just having Goblin and Sandman because that's what Sam Raimi wanted, and I feel like, you know, the ending, this would have been a drastically different movie. Would it have been a better movie? I don't know. Because the the problem with them trying to go bigger is they, they kind of fucked it. They had to use a lot more CG. The train sequence in Spider-Man 2 is pretty much completely CG, but it looks fantastic. Like, it's not... It was 2004, and it looks great. It looks fucking phenomenal there's not a lot of jank there's no jank is the best word i can use there's no jank in that cg at all you know there's there's a couple of shots of alfred molina where you're like oh jesus he's very smooth isn't he but for the most part you are just so drawn into that action set piece you're like holy fuck this is so exciting this looks incredible i can follow where they're all going this movie starts with the with peter being chased by snowboard harry He's on a snowboard. 
yeah, cool guy. He's got like Oakley shades as part of his mask. Harry chases after Spider-Man and straight away, straight away, the visual effects are so much worse. They must have changed, you know, visual effects companies or something because it looks so bad. And the physics of it, you know, it's a Spider-Man movie. You don't have to, you don't need realistic physics in a Spider-Man movie. But it's bad. It's terrible. They're all flopping around and it doesn't make sense and you can't follow it. There's very clearly, they're moving from one point to another and... You know, Peter has to protect the ring, but he has to protect himself and he has to try and reason with Harry, right? There are your three points. But it's just like going all over the place and fucking swinging around and... Yeah, swinging around, pun, no pun intended. And it looks bad. It just looks... You know, th this was the year the PlayStation 3 came out, I think. And I, I make this joke all the time. I say, yeah, it's a PS2 cutscene. This genuinely looks like it was rendered with PS3 technology. It looks like Resistance Fall of Man, like the first PS3 game that came out. It looks really bad. And I'm sure technically it's very impressive and took a lot of work. And I'm very sorry to all the people who did that work, but it looks fucking atrocious. And it doesn't get better for the rest of the movie. The Sandman stuff looks terrible. Like even all the small scale Sandman stuff, when he's like just melting away or he's turning into Sandman, you see all the particle effects and stuff. It just looks bad. There's no other way to describe it. You're like, this looks cheap. This looks really cheap. And it's a $250 million movie. Where did that money go? And the end, it does get a little bit better at the end with big Sandman and, you know, all the Venom stuff hanging around. But a lot of that was a set. So like all the Venom stuff is a set. <clears throat> That's why that looks okay. But then Sandman swinging around. And then the Goblin comes in and it looks shit again. It feels like the Goblin is the sticking point for that bad CG. Because they just don't know what to do with him. He looks like shit. He's on a snowboard. It's not cool. And, you know, you don't want him to move too much like the original Green Goblin. Because then you have that criticism thrown at you. Like, it's, you know, it's just the Goblin again. And it is. Uh, just don't hide that. Like, even his death is the same, almost. He just gets in the way of his glider spikes. But this time, it's for a more honourable, admirable, heroic reason. And it just looks terrible. Like, it's all at night. Some of the Sandman stuff is during the daytime, and it still looks bad. Venom looks fucking terrible. And, like, the symbiotes he's shooting out and stuff. It just looks messy and point... Like... You can't follow any of it. You're like, where is any of it coming from? Where is it going? Why is it bonding to stuff like this? It just looks disgusting. And, it, and it's meant to. Like symbiotes are these weird, gooey alien creatures. But when I say it looks disgusting, it looks disgusting on top of that. Like the, the visual effects are horrible in this movie. Um, and then we get to the memes. This is the most memeable movie of all time because of two words. Tobin Maguire. One Mr. Timothy Maguire is astonishingly bad in this movie. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what he thought when he read the script. It, like, you know, he must have he was at the peak of his power at this time. He was doing fucking sea biscuit and shit, dyeing his hair red, being on a horse. Spider-Man 2 is the biggest movie of all time, and he was just riding high on himself. And he must have read the script gone this is shit so i'm just gonna make fun of it because he's making fun of himself he's making fun of this movie this can't be a serious performance from toby Maguire. he is 
astonishingly bad and all the dancing like the the scene in the jazz club when he's dancing and he's playing the piano and he's swinging around that goes for like eight minutes maybe more and, and he's just doing that and there has already been the dance scene where he's like winking at women and shaking his hips at women thinking he's hot shit and it's like did the symbiote do that i thought it was meant to make him more aggressive and more moody but he's like dancing and he's this happy-go-lucky you know taking the piss out of life guy and he's just when he when he has to cry he's clearly like fucking hell he's pushing so hard to cry and it's so noticeable that yeah maybe he can't really cry on cue and he's really battling to do it and he's just like he has big emotional moments in this movie and like he has to be charismatic peter parker has to be charismatic but he also has to be sympathetic he has to go through hell and Tobey Maguire is just weird. It's such a weird performance. And he, he looks bad and he's not in shape, <laughs> which is so funny. Like, you know, for the first Spider-Man, he, he got ripped for that you know, that one scene in the mirror. <laughs> and then I don't know if it was when he hurt his back on Spider-Man 2 or something, but he just completely gave that up. He's got no real shirtless scenes in this movie. He just looks like shit. There's a scene where he's sitting at a desk and he's in a big blue button-up shirt it's about four sizes too big i know like like he just he looks so funny he just doesn't give a fuck and that's that's the crux it feels like he didn't want to come back and i couldn't find anything about toby wanting to come back or not like all the all the interviews and stuff are just from press around that time he's like yeah yeah whatever this movie's great give me money so that's sort of my review of Spider-Man 3. I think it's awful. I think it's indefensible. There is nothing redeeming about it. It's bad. It looks bad. It's not funny. It's not sad. It's not uplifting. It's not interesting in any way. It's just a... It's a it's a linear but incoherent... No, that's not fair. It's, it's coherent, but it's just not interesting. There's too much... You put too much topping on a pizza, it's going to be shit. It's all going to fall off... Just going to fall apart and crumble in your hands. Oh, I had to burp. I'm sorry. And it's not going to be good. That's what this movie is. So, I I looked it up because I wanted to know what happened. I don't even really know. I just know Sam Raimi isn't happy with it and didn't want Phantom. That's all I knew. So, I found this great article. It's at rankar.com. I'll link it in all the descriptions and stuff from a guy called Jacob Shelton. Behind the scenes of what made Spider-Man 3 such a creative flop. And he's just he's just listed it, listed all the things wrong with it, and then put in some Sam Raimi quotes and stuff. Sam Raimi had very little control over this film. Sony demanded it be bigger and more spectacular than number two, which is not an easy feat because number two is the best comic book movie of all time. Raimi didn't want Venom in this film. Alvi Arad and Sony pushed that decision forward due to the character's popularity, as I mentioned before. This is a quote from Sam Raimi. I had worked on the story with my brother Ivan, and primarily it was a story that featured the Sandman. It was really about Peter, Mary Jane, Harry, and the new character. That's it. Right? That's what I was saying before. But when we were done, Avi Arad, my partner and the former president of Marvel at the time, said to me, Sam, you're so... you're not paying attention to the fans enough. You need to think about them. You've made two movies now with your favourite villains, and now you're about to make another one with your favourite villains. Uh, The fans love Venom. Here's the fan favorite, right? Just terrible. Imagine writing an entire movie, having it done, nailed, fuck yeah, and then the head of the studio is like, nah, you did it wrong. 
you just did it wrong. <laughs> like that's like you're a fucking seventh grader turning in your ancient history project. Like that's got to feel rough, man. And then just completely changes the landscape of your movie. Because fair enough, put Venom in it. Put Venom in at the end or whatever. You can just add that into a script, like sprinkle it in. But by the sounds of it, they they had to overturn the entire script and it shows in the movie because Eddie Brock turns up in the first 10 minutes or whatever. And then they have to do the symbiote thing all throughout and it's just, it adds so much, but adds so little at the same time. <clears throat> and um, like Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane Watson, there's, I don't know why they put Gwen Stacy in. I couldn't find that either. But they only exist to just cop Peter Parker's assholery. You know, there's... And then Mary Jane becomes the damsel in distress at the end. Gwen Stacy just goes away. She's like, ah, I don't like Peter. Sorry, Mary Jane. I was trying to steal your man. Uh, Bye. And then just walks off screen and she's gone forever. And then Mary Jane just exists to get kidnapped again. And... You know, we've we've grown with Mary Jane Watson as a character as well. Like she's she's the co lead. You know, she's such a fucking important character in these um, in this series and in the comics and stuff. She's a huge character. She does her own things. She has her own stories. And you know, she, we've worked our way up to that. And then this movie just goes nah, damsel in distress. She just gets kidnapped. The boys have to go and save her again and get a kiss at the end because they saved her. But there's. There's just no structure or depth to the two female leads in this movie. There's no... There is a reason for them to be there, but it's a fucking shit reason. And it's just like... Why? Why Why did you do that to these characters? Give Mary Jane another arc. You know, she's just like... She's just token love interest, token damsel. And that she deserves so much more than that. And it looked like she was going to get so much more than that. And then just nothing. Just nothing. Anyway, that, that article's very good. I know I said I took a lot from it, but it was really just that quote. I'll link it below. It's very good. So yeah, Spider-Man 3. I've finally talked about it. I can finally keep making jokes about it. But now you know how I truly feel about Spider-Man 3. This movie is fucking atrocious. And you know, it's such a shame. It's such a stain on Sam Raimi's legacy and Sam Raimi's name you know the first two movies are perfect comic book movies he really wanted this to be a good build up into four and then end it spectacularly with four but ultimately this movie it wasn't even a flop like 890 whatever million dollars it was 894 million dollars that's not a flop that's in terms of a studio that's like ding 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 fuck yeah keep making these but Sam Raimi was like nah you've tarnish this forever well for 20 years until i come back and do multiverse and badness so of course sony just went well spider-man's a cash cow we'll just reboot it they rebooted it again didn't do as well they're arguably they're not worse than spider-man 3 but they're about on par with spider-man 3 i'd say they're not good and then marvel came in and the rest is history with little Timothy holland so yeah such a shame just don't don't ever blame Sam Raimi for this. Don't ever say Sam Raimi's a bad director. Don't talk shit about my boy, basically. <laughs> it wasn't his fault. It's never his fault. This movie was not his fault. I'm just going to keep saying that. Even when I'm off the podcast, I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to pop in and be like, it's not Sam Raimi's fault. But yes, Spider-Man 3, don't watch it. It's very available on Netflix, but don't watch it. It's bad. Um, you know, Tobey Maguire stopped acting 
like he did a couple of movies after this and then he was like nah fuck it i'm out and you know props to him he would have made so much money off of this but yeah he's one of the most memed on human beings on the internet so yeah that's spider-man 3 um jesus it felt good to get that out of my system honestly i hate this movie um, I'm probably never going to watch it again, considering it took me three times, uh, three tries this time. I'm, I'm just done with this movie forever, and I'll just go watch Spider-Man 2 again. Uh, yeah, so that's that's me. That's My name's Jack. I'm one half of You Like That Extra Extra, and the only half of You Like That Extra Extra is just a one-off. Um, yeah, Spider-Man 3, fuck you. Fuck you, Avi Arad. Fuck you, Sony. Um, and again, for no reason, fuck you, Warner Brothers. They got nothing to do with this episode, but just fuck you, Warner Brothers. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for Wreck, just a Spanish found footage horror movie. We'll be back on the weekend with The Heart of They Fall, uh, which is an incredible, incredible Western that's on Netflix right now. Please watch it before we do the episode. Uh, you have to watch that movie. We'll talk about it more in the episode. And then we're building up. Two more weeks, man. Spider-Man No Way Home. They're in it. Toby Maguire's in it. He's back. We'll see you then. Uh, do, follow all the links in the bar. I don't know how to do this shit. Adam should do it. Okay, bye. Goodbye. The episode's finished. Bye. <laughs> Ooh, my stomach rumbled. Did you hear that?